2: Good afternoon. Welcome to The Call. It's great to have you here with us on this Thursday afternoon, the 24th of June. I'm Nadine Blaney. This is the program we detail 10 companies, all picked by you with two expert guests. And today we'll be talking a lot about the technicals and momentum, but both of my guests also know a whole lot about the companies that we will be discussing. So, joining us for the full 60 minutes via Skype, Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader and Carl Caprilinga from Think Markets over in Perth. Jason, staying safe in Sydney as we continue to keep our eye on these rising COVID case counts. Guys, welcome to the program. Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, we've been a bit volatile in terms of the equity index lately. Uh, how are you looking at things in terms of momentum for the broader index?
0: Yeah, really interesting, Nadine. It's um, look, there's there's some seeing some interesting stuff happening in the U.S. markets. So I was looking at the the Nasdaq last night, the night before, it just made a new 52-week high. But then you look at the the Dow Jones, and it's well below its uh, its 52-week highs from from a few weeks back. So to me, that's a bit of divergence creeping into the market. And when you see divergence, it's it's not necessarily a signal that things are going to Going to head lower, but it's a, it's definitely a warning sign. You want confirmation that the markets are all moving in the same direction. Look, this talk of the Fed raising rates maybe maybe next year, maybe this is sort of the, the catalyst for, for a bit of a pause and, and consolidation. We're in the seasonally weaker half of the uh, of the year, so look, I think the next next few months are a period to sort of like you know take a cautious stance with your with your portfolio, your stock selection. And, uh, and look that's very much the approach I'll be taking with the, the stocks we're looking at today it's um, yeah I think now's the time to be selective be be careful
2: great right. Carl do you agree with that I mean do you think that we could be poised for a bit of a pullback in equities
1: uh, good good afternoon Nadine good afternoon Jason uh, thanks for having me on today uh, look. I agree that it's a good time to be focusing on your portfolio and picking stocks, but I think it's always a good time to be doing that. Yes, there are a few divergences around. Um, Jason's mentioned the fact that the Dow Jones is not making new highs, but um, looking out to sort of the broader market. So Russell 2000, um, that's picked up over the last couple of weeks, Uh, the NASDAQ making new highs and P500, not far off. Uh, You know, we've had a great run over here in Australia as well. Uh, you think about where we were just a few months ago I and mean, we were up you know 400 odd points um, over the last few months. So look I think if we put it all all into perspective, um, I think markets are, are more likely to be higher. Uh, you know, if we look out six to twelve months, um, they're more likely to be higher than they are to be lower. Um, we're going to get, and it's the famous uh, talking head on on the box words here. We're going to get volatility in the meantime, but I think you do want to stay the course with your portfolio. I think that's the message from me. Um, don't uh, don't necessarily. Um, what do they call them, Nadine? At the moment, lettuce hands. And paper hands,
2: okay. <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, opposite or of diamond rate. hands. <laughs>
1: opposite of diamond hands. Look, yeah, I think I think you want to you want to stay the course. Um, obviously, be selective with the, with your process. And as as I you know, I like to do you know, find uh, the right stock, a stock who's got uh, growing earnings. That's the most important thing for me. Uh, at the right price, you don't want to pay too much for that. And and preferably uh, the chart is backing up your your assumptions and your fundamentals, and we're seeing a nice trend as well.
2: All right. Well, yes, yeah, sticking to the knitting there, Carl Capulinga. Let's get to our stock of the day, Afterpay. So Afterpay is going to let its U.S. customers will select U.S. customers, use the platform at major retailers, including Macy's, Walgreens and Target, but the big one is Amazon. So the move marks a shift by the BNPL player, which has so far limited customers to just its partner merchants. So we've had uh, quite a few brokers coming out and commenting on this. RBC Capital for One says that it will increase volume and frequency over time in the U.S., generate revenue yields that are pretty positive, also saying that what it will do is allow Afterpay to use its data on customers to drive more relevant personalized lead volume and data to merchants. So RBC Capital Markets for One is seeing this as a big positive for Afterpay. And this is where I bring in my guests to find out what they think, not just of the news, but of the price action that we've been seeing in Afterpay as of late for any indications of where it may go. Jason, I'll start with you on Afterpay.
0: Yeah, look, this has been it's been been the, the, the boom stock of the last last fifteen months. Got to a peak uh, in February. It had a 50% pullback. So look, it's, it is it's a volatile stock at the at the best of times. The uh, it got to a low last last month, probably about six weeks ago, and it's now rallied 60% off that low. So these are these are you know, these are huge moves we're seeing in short spaces of time. Mm. The uh, the the news just out in the company which you were going through. Look, I think that's really really significant. It's, uh, it's certainly driving the momentum at the moment, and by all measures, it looks like we're going to see, uh, see this momentum run, run further over the next, look, over the course of um, at least at least the, the, the near term. It's, look, it's a, a I'm a trend follower, I, I go with the trend, I follow the momentum. If, uh, look, I'm in, in a stock like this, I always let it, let it run because you never know how far a trend can go. They often go much further than anyone, anyone expects them to go. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's why you let your profits run. In terms of like, if I didn't have a position in a stock like Afterpay now, it's a difficult one because it's so volatile. You've got to think about, well, look, okay, it's all good if it goes up, but what's my exit strategy if it comes down? It comes really hard to, to, to manage your risk. So look, I think we'll see it go higher, but it's not the, look for me, it's not the sort of stock I'd be looking to add to my portfolio at the moment.
2: Right. Okay. Now we've got uh, an outperform rating from the aforementioned RBC Capital on Afterpay with a $150 price target, Carl. It's currently sitting at 131 to Jason's point. It's been up at around that $150 level before. So would you be buying now?
1: Yes, uh, good question. Um, I don't think I would be buying now. I'm a little bit like Jason. I think if you had it, you'd hold on to it. Uh, I I think the the problem, look, I think this is a good announcement too. Of course, uh, you know, it's more about utility for customers than something that's really groundbreaking. Certainly, if you have a press release, you want to put the likes of Amazon in there and Mm -hmm. and those others and say that you've got nearly half of the US retail market captured with this one announcement. But really what they're doing is just just allowing a select group, mind you, a select group of, of, of users for now, uh, to purchase from those retailers within the Afterpay app, so within Afterpay's environment. And that's where uh, you talked earlier about data and data analytics, that that's where it will certainly help them. And the more people they can sort of drag into their own little environment and keep in there, it's going to be better overall. Um, but look, it probably will have a, a positive impact on uh, overall sales, uh, you know, in short, medium, long, long term. So it, it, it's a good announcement. Um, that contrasts a little, if you look at sort of their March quarter update, where there was the inkling and it's just an inkling of some slowing down um, in these sort of gross sales values in the US, but Australia, um, Europe, UK, still doing quite well. Uh, most brokers, as a result of that inkling of a slowdown, did downgrade their um, year, uh, sort of this year, next year, year after estimates by somewhere around about 5 to 10%. Um, this company needs to keep growing. It's all, it, it is a growth company, it's a growth story. It needs to keep growing, order of magnitude, somewhere between 150 and 200% to justify. Its current price in my opinion uh, and where it's you know what you're paying for the growth in the earnings down the track Uh, and that just that just for me just screams of execution risk so the huge numbers that it needs to maintain year in year out I've got basically a three-year time horizon when I recommend something for clients and and I think that that's that's a big ask so you know, if you squint real hard, uh, it's, 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 it's it's fair value around here. I think RBC's target of 150 is, is not unachievable. But remember what I said at the start, I'd like to find the right stock. And I think this is the right stock. It's got great growth, but I want to find it at the right price. And I don't think it, it, it's particularly cheap at all. In terms of the chart and that marrying uh, to the first two uh, check boxes, look, I, I think it's huge extension. We're talking 60% plus since May 13, a uh, mm-hmm. better part of six weeks. Um, I think leaves it prone to a little bit of a pullback. If it got down to sort of 110 to 100, that's where the valuation starts to look a little bit better. And maybe then uh, we're back to some longer term support. So, look, if you had it, you've got to hold it. As Jason said, you don't know how high it can go, but I'm not adding it to the portfolio at this price.
2: Got it. Thanks, guys. Let's have to pay the and stock. Look, look of- I, I just, I just yep. add,
0: Nadine, like with the price target of $150, if we're at 130 now, it's like you know you're shooting for twenty dollars, and you've got to look where's my, where's my risk to get that twenty dollars, and this that's just why it doesn't quite quite stack up for me at these levels.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. All right, guys, thanks. Uh, Stock of the day after pay not going in the portfolio. Let's get to our first company on the list that's been nominated by our wonderful viewers and listeners. This is for Cameron. And it's Sandfire Resources, SFR, is the ticker code. Macquarie earlier this week forecasted that copper price will rise between 13 and 14 percent in the next few years. So that is the basis for the conversation, isn't it, Carl? The copper price.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, uh, you know what? Goldman Sachs came out. I have to, I have to check my notes. Uh, just last few weeks, anyway, and they've gone 15,000 uh dollars US a ton by 2025. Uh, it's currently around about nine thousand dollars US a ton, so that you know provides massive upside. And, and most of the brokers are starting to sort of uh, tweak to this uh, idea that we are going to see an extended period of um, supply deficit in the copper market. Uh, and of course, the you know usage cases uh, continue to abound with moves to you know electric uh, battery storage mm-hmm. and and the like. You know, this greening sort of concept. So it's it's one of those uh, very dirty green concepts isn't it copper copper mining digging stuff out of the ground. Look uh, Sandfire I think is is well placed to take advantage of this but it's not a plain vanilla copper producer. Unfortunately, look, it, you know, it, it, they've got great production at the moment uh, from the WA operations, You know, low cost producer, everything's going gangbusters, but we've only got about two years or just under two years worth of production given current reserves. So either they need to find some more to increase that uh, mine life. The market's not really expecting that to happen. The market is pinning all of their hopes on then, on then they're moving production into Botswana at their Mateo uh, T3 operation, which is going to be massive. I mean, it's going to be twice as big as anything they were producing over here. So uh, that's execution risk. FY23 is the scheduled start of that production and there's going to be a little bit of a gap. Good news is they've got stacks of cash. I mean, we're talking nearly half a billion dollars worth of cash and that's been growing at about 100 million every every half. So they're cashed up and they should probably get through it. Um, and as long as you can sort of look past that, uh, that bit of execution risk between now and then, I think it's, 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 it's not expensive at all. We're tr- talking about sort of 11 times price to earnings ratio compared to 300 times on afterpay. And I think it's in the right space. It's, you know, it's going to be a, a growing um, area for them. Uh, so Brightspace recently priced, and I think the chart looks pretty good as well. Uh, sort of bottom left, top right. Look to it. Look to it. It's had a bit of a pullback because the copper price has pulled back. Copper prices have firmed over the last few days. I, I think you're probably getting it at a reasonable price around here in that sort of 650 to 680 area. Um, if you're aggressive, go for it now. If you're a bit more conservative, and Jason might probably mention this, wait for a little bit more upside momentum. You might want to catch it if it uh, pushes through sort of seven.
2: Okay. So I'm, I'm, look,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take the put and buy it. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's a buy. Jason, would you be buying this when you look at your charts and, uh, I guess, keeping in mind some of those fundamentals that uh, Carl was talking about?
0: Yeah. Look. Look. Overall, I I really like this stock. It's uh, look. It's a single mine operation, as Carl was saying, uh, but they are are developing this this new mine in Botswana, which is going to be a you know a long life long life mine. And, and the interesting thing is, this is one of the, the few new mines in development anywhere in the world at the moment. So look, I think this is a, a big plus for the company. They've also got some um, highly prospective areas in Australia and the US. So there's also the potential for some organic growth in terms of what this company could, could do in the, the future. So look, it's, um, the copper price has clearly been a big big factor in, in you know, getting the share price to run. Uh, copper's basically doubled in the last 12 months. So look, every market pauses and consolidates along the way. Copper has been pulling back over the last, oh, look, the last last month or so. Yeah, look, no, no, there's no game game plan for like how these how these markets um, consolidate. Look, given the the extent of the rally, I think copper could consolidate more over the over the next few months. But you don't don't know. You can't be too too try to be too clever with your timing of these things. Um, look, I think this whole decarbonisation trend is gathering momentum, and if we're going to electrify the world, copper's copper's a key player. So you just look at an electric car, for example, and it uses something like four times the amount of copper as a as what we'd call a regular car now. So you know, if we continue okay. to move towards electric vehicles and and um, moving away from uh, the, the fossil fuels, it's, look, electric a big thing and copper's a, a key player in that. Uh, and look, most of the movement in the, um, from copper miners in recent times has been uh, working on their existing operations rather than like doing expansions rather than finding new deposits and i think this this is you know ultimately we need to i think the we're going to need to include increase copper supply and that's going to come from new mines there hasn't been a lot of investment in that i think that bodes well for the copper price which is you know which is going to be a good thing for for sandfire so from a medium to longer term perspective i really like it short-term timing wise it's it's a bit harder we are pulling back i like to buy things into strength into momentum into momentum look this could still go sideways for for a few months, it could pull back low. We don't know. So that's why I like to go with the, with the momentum. That said, um, look, as Carl said, if you want to be a little bit more aggressive with it, you'd use this pullback as, you know, the buy the dip. So look, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd look at adding this to the portfolio now.
2: This is going in the portfolio because that is a buy from both of you two gentlemen. There you go. Let's get to the next company on the list and it's Plexure Group. This one's coming from Reese. PX1 is the ticker code in case you're not familiar with it. Basically, it is a, a company that works with other corporations to help increase engagement with their customers on mobile platforms, so social media, and they use data and the like to do so. So we've got a bit of a comment coming from our our viewer is saying the company is proven profitable and business, uh, business model in, in his view. Delving into cash flow negativity to pursue growth and grow employee headcount. Revenues growing, current market cap at about $135 million. Uh, the market isn't commanding much for the company. Do you guys agree? Jason, I'll start with you on this one PX1 for Reese
0: yeah look i can keep this one short and sweet because we always run out of time at the at the back end of the program
2: (laughs) yeah and i get the blame for it go ahead
0: jason (laughs) so look off off the bat this is a this is a no for me it's um look they, they may have an interesting product and be doing interesting things but at this point the the market's just simply not on side it's uh look there's a there's a clear down trend in place uh Trying to pick the low on these things, it's just, just such a dangerous strategy. I know people like to, you know, like to try and, you know, call a low, like you know, looking for a bargain. But look, the stock market's not the, the boxing day sales. You don't get something because it's, you know, 50% off because 50% off, you can um, 75% off before you know it. So people who like this stock, they probably would, would have been buying it a couple of months ago at 80 cents and now it's down another 25% now. So, look, for me, this is, um, this is a stand-aside. If you like the stock, it's a case of watching it, waiting for it to stabilise, waiting for it to start to turn higher and get some sort of confirmation from the market that maybe there's you know, this is staying to happen. But for now, it's um, yeah, step back and just leave it alone.
2: Yeah, good one. Uh, let's go to Carl. Uh, You know, I guess it goes to the point that you shouldn't really necessarily, if you're an investor, get caught up in the story so much. I mean, that's what you guys do well is uh, look at the fundamentals, but also then just look at the price action that you've been seeing and that the the company's been demonstrating. So what's it telling you?
1: Yeah, look, I agree, Nadine. I think that is the most important point you could possibly make for investors is... You know, you you do your research, by all means, do your research, have an opinion, that's important, but you, you have to defer to the market. You can't say that my opinion is more valuable in the markets and I'm right and the market's wrong, because at the end of the day, that's a loss-making um, mentality, right? The market is always right, whether you like it or not. So... Yes, do your research. Find a good company. I think this is a good company here. I think it's it's a very interesting what they do. We talked before about afterpay um, improving their their user experience, making their customers sticky. Well, uh, Plexure is the type of business that might help an afterpay do that. Uh, McDonald's is their is their biggest customer at the moment, and they'll um, design McDonald's app. Um, they'll help them with their marketing messaging to clients, uh, marketing in general, um, and their data analytics. That's really important. So analyzing uh, consumer spending habits and the like. You know, it is. A growing um, area of, of commerce, no no doubt about it, and and so is e commerce more generally. Um, they've rolled the dice, as uh, Reese, the view picked this one has said. They are investing heavily now for growth down the track, and for me that just screams risk. And potentially, therefore, that's what the market's responding to in the chart, which is on screen now, is, is well, does the market believe that this is this is going to turn out for them? Um, I can't say whether it will. It's not particularly expensive. Um, it doesn't make profits. But if you look at on an enterprise value to revenue basis, only two times. So, so you wouldn't say it's expensive and it's interesting. So probably right company, not too expensive. But the chart, I can't buy it on the chart. Okay. Uh, so long, long story short, if it ticks up through about $0.70, cents, then the momentum is starting to build. And maybe all of these wonderful things we said about the fundamentals is what the market is starting to focus on again but whilst it's in that downtrend i can't touch it
2: no 61 cents on the day all right guys let's go on to number three this is from dion this is for biz alloy bis is the ticker code now pointing out that malcolm turnbull just purchased six percent of the company so carl you hear a name you sometimes think that's where the smart money is going it's a steel producer local steel producer Uh, What do you think in terms of an investment prospect?
1: Look, I think there's an investment case here, in it, Dane. It, uh, the, so the, the steel they produce is sort of a very high quality, very specific type of steel uh, that's used in armoured vehicles uh, as an example. But uh, it, it's not uh, the low quality mass produced stuff you're getting out of China. So um, I think that works for them as well. So there's some sort of moats around their business. Um, there's a very solid uh, business there, you know, very strong profits, cash flow generation, you know, a, a year, dividend yield of nearly 5% fully franked. Um, and, you know, plenty of uh, cash in, in, in the bank as well. So a very strong balance sheet. I'm just looking at some of my notes here. And if you look at where the main sales are, so uh, the, the mining industry is, is the other thing I've got here is, is in big exclamation marks um, is a big uh, user of obviously the, the steel through these huge mining equipment that we see driving around. Um, so you know the biggest sales in WA. Uh, I'm over here in WA, and I can tell you it is crazy over here. Um, labor shortages and just 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 so much activity. So you know I think that's a positive uh, for them going going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, as I said, I don't think it's a right place. I don't think it's expensive by any stretch of the imagination. I Actually, would put it on the on the on the right side of being cheap. Um, the chart needs a little bit more positive momentum. Um, it looks well supported around that one dollar mark um so just on the basis of 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 how good the fundamentals are look i'd be happy to to buy it here um again that's a slightly more aggressive entry i'd be sort of if i was was looking for an exit point um if it broke below 90 cents that's where i'd be starting to rethink my, my strategy but happy to buy it here as a more aggressive entry if you're a bit more conservative then wait for a little bit more uh positive momentum coming in probably moving uh through that one sort of I'll give you a number here, sorry, sort of at the 120 mark if you're if you bit more conservative.
2: Okay. So UBS, Jason, continues to see this company being driven by multiple tailwinds, including a continued uptake in delivering rising market share via drive through and, uh, sorry, that's that's the next company on the list. Collins that sits, would be yes. Collins Food. <laughs> Let's that's just right. stick with Biziloy for a minute, Jason. Do you think the momentum is behind this one?
0: yeah it's um that's uh, the, the the missing piece of the puzzle for me at the moment the the momentum it's um look it's australia's only manufacturer of high high strength um, structural steel and they're actually using steel plates which the the company produces in the um in australia's new submarine fleet so they've got a look it's a it's a well-regarded product only has a market cap of about 50 million dollars so it's you know they, it's you know it's a, it's a small relatively nimble company where Yeah, you could see some good. Definitely, could see some good good growth in it. Um, One of the challenges at the moment, they've got um, they've got uh, they've lost some local uh, market share in recent times. There's a anti-dumping issue going on with one of their one of their main main competitors. So that's something which is being investigated by the um, anti-dumping commission at the moment. So that's that's a. a cloud over the you know, slight like cloud over the company. It's something going on which could I know, maybe that, that does sort of like um, hold the share price for a little bit. But look, overall, I think the it's a it's a you know a nice looking company. It's well capitalized, good balance sheet, good product. Uh, it's got good distribution through 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 Asia. And um, but look, I, I'm just being a little bit more conservative at the moment, just because of my overall market views. And just to clarify on that, I'm not bearish on the markets by any stretch. The the markets are trending upwards. There's no there's no doubt about that. And I learned long ago not to try and pick pick tops and tops and markets. So I think. Um, but look, I am am wary of how far markets have come. The consolidation is necessary. This stock lacks strong momentum in its own right at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's probably for me. I'd, I'd rather wait. Let it do what it's going to do, and then buy it. Um, if and, and when it starts to starts to push higher. Maybe, maybe it's a story for later in the year. We may just be a few few months early at the moment.
2: Okay, great. thanks for that. Now let's get to the next company on the list. If my notes are correct, it is Collins Food for James. James, thanks for writing in. I hope you're listening. Uh, I'll continue that thought then with you, Jason, because UBS is talking about uh, fundamental tailwinds, including an uptake in delivery that we've seen through COVID, rising market share through the drive-through windows, and continued store rollout. So those are the the fundamental momentum drivers, but how about technically, how are the charts looking?
0: Um, So we've moved to Collins Food, correct?
2: Collins Food, yep.
0: Yeah, the joys of Skype, you missed missed some of the the translation. Yeah it's um look the, the technically it's looking um it's looking really strong it's been a real standout over the last last 15 months and the momentum still very much very much to the upside it's um look it's it's one of those one of those stocks which if i had in the portfolio i'd definitely be keeping the portfolio there's no no reason to sell i'm not not a believer in taking profit it's like you let the market do its thing and if the market's going up, you, you let the profit run because you never know how high the, the market can go. If I was um, looking at it now as a, it's not in the portfolio, I'm looking for a new stock to add, Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, given my overall view, it's like it's not a stock I'd probably want to be, be chasing now. The uptrend, look, it, it's well and truly in place, but has run a long, a long way. And uh, it's on a high PE, it's a low yield, so it's one of those stocks which could be vulnerable to a bit of a pullback if market volatility picks up over the next over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I just think it's time to be to be a little bit cautious, and I'm not comfortable really chasing those high PE stocks. You know, the risk reward it's just just doesn't seem compelling to me here. There is a good growth story to the company, so look, maybe if it. The pauses, maybe if it pulls back. It does provide an opportunity to get into it because, look, it does look to be a, a well-run company with with good overall, good good medium to longer-term prospects. But again, it comes down to a timing. And uh, yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes it's better just to err on the side of caution and, uh, and not, you know, not um, not push the envelope with some of these stocks.
2: Yeah, good. I'm glad I asked that first question just to set the scene for today's conversation because I do think that it helps put you know, your calls into context. Carl, how about you? Are you eating a lot of KFC over there on the West Coast?
1: <laughs> not me personally, Nadine. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're a health conscious family over here, nuclear family. And I did, honestly, my, my kids had not tasted, K- they've never tasted KFC until about a month ago, um, where I, you know, initiated the, the rite Gave of passage him. there to yeah, well, well, it's it's more for me, you know, nostalgia of enjoying it as a kid, obviously. And I saw a commercial, I said, hey, kids, let let's, today's the day, it's going to happen for you and let's go and do it. And uh, it was a pleasant pleasant experience. You know what, we might go back. But uh, fortunately for Collins Foods, uh, I'm in the minority and it seems that it's a very, very popular product. Um, you know, we're looking at sort of low to mid uh, double digit uh, sales growth. Uh, you look what, what we're paying for here, you know, it's not a cheap stock, you know, sort of mid 20, is PE but you're paying for quality so um, let's Let's look at a different chart here. Let's not look at the price chart. Let's look, at, let's look at the earnings chart over the last five years. And it's bottom left, top right. It's just so consistently, so steadily growing year on year. So it's it, it's a stock for a particular buy. It's a stock, somebody who's uh, looking for a stock that does have great price momentum. The chart looks fantastic. It's got good earnings momentum. It's not particularly cheap, I agree. But it's something you won't wake up tomorrow and it's going to be half its value uh, because, uh, you know, PayPal launched a new competitive product Afterpay, that sort of thing. It's it, it, it's it's a sleep at night holding, um, not the highest dividend yield, but look, I think it's worth having. I, look, we, we've 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 had it as a buy, cons- it's probably the most uh, we've run it m- 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 more buys on this one than I think any other stock in the last 12 months I've been at, at uh, think markets for that reason. So I'm happy to stick with it on that basis. Uh, if you had it, if you don't have it, I think you can add it to that longer term portfolio.
2: Okay not going in our portfolio though because there is disagreement amongst our panel which makes a market. Let's get to the final company before we reach the halfway mark and that is United Malt Group for Martin. Thanks for writing in Martin. All right so we've had a lot of positivity coming from this company right now. It's undergoing a transformation uh you know one of those strategic transformation worth about 30 million we're told by FY24. Uh, this is another one of those companies that uh, the, the commentary is that it will continue to see some upside as COVID restrictions ease and we're out and about and consuming more. What do you think, Carl?
1: Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, it, it's, it's got knocked about uh, due to COVID, no doubt. And uh, look, I think... I think we're you know after this long pandemic not just here but mainly abroad as well I mean this is an international company an international business so I think we're going to be pretty thirsty in you know, 18 when we get to the other side of this and might want to treat ourselves with a, with a, with a, with a drink of and obviously beer is what we're talking about here so if you like beer you, you're probably going to like investing in United Malt Group I think it's on the right side of, of, of cheap uh, in terms of its valuation, I think earnings uh, growth will, will come back to this business. And you're probably looking at somewhere, you know, in the high teens for the next few years as as just the fact that they come out of this. Um, so I, 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 I like the growth. I, I don't think it's expensive at all. I then just need to look at the chart. The chart's not bad, but it's not fantastic either. So, look, I, I think, again, it, it I've, I've said this a few times today, if you're sort of that more aggressive uh, player, And you you like the story and you like the valuation, which I do, then you're okay buying here with that long term view. If you're a little bit more conservative, well, I like momentum, just like Jason. I want to see the market agreeing with me and pushing the price up um, to give me a signal that it's my time to get in as well. So, yes, it's a buy for me right now for a slightly more aggressive trader. If you're a bit more conservative, you might want to wait for a move through 470 before you get involved.
2: Is this one of those companies, Jason, that you think, yeah, look, things are looking pretty good. But given my conservative feeling right now, I would just, uh, you know, stand back and watch. Morgan's, for one, says that the, you know, a really good portion of the recovery story has already been priced into the stock.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, um, it's the fourth largest provider of uh, more barley in the world. So it's a, you know, it's a significant business, even though it only has a market cap of about $130 million. And uh, look, so they had recently had their, their, their results out net profit down 54%, um, you know, revenue down, revenue was down um, uh, 11%, so it slashed the dividend by 50%. And you look at the chart, and, this, and the share price has been quite stable. So a lot of the a lot of the you know, the bad stuff has been factored in already. And it's um, it look to me it looks like a stock which is getting ready to move higher. And it's uh, it's been tracking sideways for the last few months, you know, absorbing that that bad news we've, we've spoken about. It's it looks one of those one of those reopening trades. Uh, the market isn't pre. Isn't really pricing in the the reopening. It's just been digesting the you know the, the negative stuff. I think maybe the um, look the silver lining for a lot of companies during COVID is they've gone away and they've restructured and they've got their you know, their their costs down and created a, a leaner operation to move forward with. And uh, United has been doing something similar themselves. They've got a restructure underway and they're targeting um, a, an annualized net benefit of something like thirty million dollars by twenty twenty four. So given that their you know their net profit is around currently around thirteen million dollars in the first half, like this cost saving drive, restructuring drive they're on, it's, you know, it's significant. So if they're successful in doing that and we get the uh, you know things reopen, everyone gets back to the bars and, and you know it gets gets back um to the, the whiskey and the beer, it's uh, look, I think it's a company with with some some good upside potential. It's, um, look, it, as I've been saying, I, I really would like to, to see the momentum. Uh, but look, as an, uh, Carl summed it up quite nicely. As an aggressive buy, you'd, you'd buy it now as it's just, you're sitting in a holding pattern, waiting to break high, and you take on the risk that, you know, there's some volatility creeps in over the next few months. The thing with this one, unlike um, Collins Food, is I think the downside is, you know, Quite limited. If um, if we do see some volatility, it's um, look. I, I think the the risk of buying now is relatively low, and yeah, look, there's some 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 decent upside there if and when it starts to recover. So look, you know, for me, I'd be I'd be happy to add it to the portfolio now.
2: It's going in how about that thanks guys this has been a fruitful program so far let's do a quick summary starting with the stock of the day after pay look volatile in the best of times in jason's opinion it's a hold if you own it but he says think about uh if you buy it now the exit strategy could be very difficult on the way down so this is a hold for jason it's a hold for carl as well he would not buy it now today's announcement was a good announcement but it is not the right Price, wait for a pullback. Anywhere between 100 and 110 would be reasonable. Think about uh, the execution risk with the announcement that came through today as well. On to the companies nominated by you, well, Cameron, Sandfire Resources is a buy from both of the gentlemen. Jason says he really likes the stock. When you think about the narrative and the fundamentals, you can try to be too clever with the timing. Uh, of course, feel free to buy it on the dip, but uh, yeah, he would be buying it today as well. Carl as well, based on the copper price, he says it's just not expensive. But this is this is one of the themes that has come up a number of times. He says buying now is a bit aggressive, but he would be willing to do it at this price. Uh, when it comes to Plexure Group, it's a hard no and avoid from Carl capulinga He says, don't forget your opinion on a company and what it does is not more important than what the market is telling you in terms of price action. So do not buy it. If you want to start looking, you would do that at around 70 cents. It's a firm no from Jason as well. Don't try to pick the bottom on stocks. It's not a Boxing Day sale. There is a reason it is 50% off or whatever uh, whatever it is at this time. Bisalloy, uh, so this is a steel producer, a local steel producer. Carl says it does have a moat around it. It is not expensive. In fact, it's on the right side of cheap for him. So it is a buy, but again, it's a bit of an aggressive entry at this point. So 90 cents, I think, would be the more uh, less aggressive stance. And and the aggressiveness of that is what's putting Jason off when it comes to bizaloy He says it's a nice looking company. Uh, But momentum is the missing piece of the puzzle. And he's just got a little bit more of a conservative stance at this time. So he says you can wait for this one. It might be a story for a little bit later in the year. Collins, it's a hold for Jason. The momentum has been good. Technically looking strong, but he's just saying don't chase it now. Again, getting back to that more conservative stance. It's not a cheap stock, Carl says, but he's had a buy on this one for a long time. And on the price action alone, he's still got a buy on that company. United Malt Group. Um... Carl says the chart's not bad, it's not fantastic, but if you are an aggressive again that, that word if you' it's a more of an aggressive trade, but it is a buy for him now and it's a buy for Jason as well. he says there is up upside potential but again at the current price, it's a bit of an aggressive buy, but look, sometimes the risk reward equation is worth that. So we've got two companies going into the portfolio, Sandfire as well as United Malt Group. And United Malt Group actually is already in the portfolio. So these guys had the potential to kick it out and they chose not to do so. Of course, <laughs> they don't necessarily know what's in the portfolio when we start the conversation. So let's get uh, to the portfolio. Thanks to our partner, NabTrade, Trade, we've been doing this since the 1st of July last year. The companies that get two buys from both of our experts on the day, we've been putting into the portfolio. So we are down, about 1.3% on the week, up by close to 4% on the month, on the full year, 33.4%. Lately, we've put in iShares, a government, inf- government inflation ETF, we've put in Magellan's global fund, Domino's, the L1 long short fund, which I was uh, hosting when that went in. It was an interesting, um, an interesting company to listen to, and I still do have to listen to a podcast on that front, and RPM Global. Uh, RUL, so I've just remembered that I've got a bit more homework to do on L1 Long Short Funds. So if you'd like to get uh, one of your companies on uh, the list potentially, you can email us your stock selection. Also, you can go and look at that portfolio via the website that's on the bottom of your screen. Later this afternoon, we'll be speaking with Philippe Leroux. He is CEO of Arcadia at Minerals. It's uh, focused on Nam- Namibia. And it's listing today following a $3.4 million IPO raise. That's around 3 p.m. right here on OzBiz. Okay, these guys have had a chance to regroup. Take a look at their charts once again for the next round of companies coming your way. Let's get to the first company in the second part of the program. It is Bank of Queensland for Ryan. Bank of Queensland, as expected, cut its provisioning just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, Carl, how are you now looking at some of these regional banks? Does Bank of Queensland hit the mark for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably, it'd be, look, it'd be my pick of the regionals. And, you know, there's always problems with potentially investing in some of these smaller banks because, you know, they don't have the economies of scale that the big guys have, the access to the, the cheap funding. But you know, look, it's it's just uh, swallowed up uh, Me Bank. Um, that I think that helps. That you know, you're adding another, you know, 50% to its uh, loan book. It diversifies it away from obviously being Queensland-based into uh, mainly Victoria. So that increases its, its its scale and scope a little bit. Um, as you mentioned, the the credit provisions continue, but that's a, that's a sector wide theme. Um, that uh, lessening of that provision there was ahead of most market estimates. Also, um, it's not ex- expensive by any stretch of the imagination. I think, uh, and I'm using very low growth numbers here. I mean, I think I I plugged six percent into my spreadsheet, so I'm not expecting to shoot the lights out. But you know, on that, it's it, it's again on on the better side of cheap. So. Uh, I think to, to buy this, you need to be a bank buyer. And by that, I mean, you need to be looking to add a bank to your portfolio right now. So if it's a matter of, is this the best stock to buy, if I'm starting from stock one in my portfolio, then no, I don't think that's the case. But I don't think that's the person who's looking at this stock um, potentially, I think, I think the, the person who's looking at this is saying, well, look, uh, I might have a bank, I'm looking to un- add another bank or I don't have any bank exposure. Look, on that basis, I think you, could, you can add Bank of Queensland. Uh, I think it looks on a relative basis cheaper than uh, all of the big four except for ANZ. ANZ is still my, my um, top sector pick, uh, but Bank of Queensland is, is a close second. So if you are that type of buy and you've got a medium to longer term view, then I'm happy to pick it up here. The chart's not screaming buy. So if you're a market timer, and I'm not speaking to the market timer's now. I don't, you're probably not looking at this anyway.
2: Okay, all right. Well, and I'm going to say there was a bonus buy in there of ANZ. Jason, yeah. how about you? If you're looking at uh, the momentum behind this company, if any, I mean, do you think that uh, dividends will help sort of, well, I guess form the market's view as to where to send this company in the future?
0: Oh, look, I've liked the banks for a while now. I started getting the momentum-based uh buy signals for them back in was back in November. But Bank of Queensland came along, it was a month earlier in October. So that's sort of um, uh, relative strength. is often a, often a good sign and often leads to our performance. And that's certainly been, look, it's pretty much been the case. So if we use last October as a, as a reference point, Bank of Queensland is up something like um, 65%. I think um, Carl's Big AMP has just, just nudged it. I, I worked out this morning it was up 66%. But then you look at the the rest, and they're up in the 50s. So you know, great performances. But BOQ has been, um, you know, look, at it has been has been a bit of a standout. So looking at what what's happening now with this this merger going through, I think that's all that's all positive for the company. It's um, look, it, it pretty much doubles the size of their 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 retail operations, and it does um, you know provides that geographic diversification, which is a positive. And uh, look, I think. All in all, the the, the takeover helps them. Um, look, it helps them set up and themselves up as a, you know, a realistic alternative to to the big four. Uh, overall, I think they've got a got a good business model. They've got a plan to grow that grow that business. Um, the question for me, well, it's going to come down to the timing. And when I look at the charts for the banks generally, they all appear to be losing. Losing some of their upward momentum at the moment. And look, that's not surprising because you know they've generally rallied around 60% over the last nine months. That's a lot, particularly for you know large, large companies like this. And so look, a period of consolidation would be, be completely normal to, to see for BOQ and the and the rest of the banks. Um, look, from a from a medium to, to longer term perspective, I think the banks are. I think the banks are good. I think BAQ is 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 a really good position to um, look. as a good good stock to have in your portfolio from a medium to longer term basis. You know, it's really a timing thing. It depends like how how um, how fussy you want to be around that. Personally, I'd probably I'd probably wait. But for you know someone who's not so you know timing orientated and, and doesn't want to you know the risk of you know, running a bit higher and then getting in. Look, you probably could start to, to buy BOQ at, at these levels. I do like this, had a pause over the last last few months, and um, look, so may, maybe this look if you if you're prepared to potentially wear more consolidation and, and a bit of a pullback from here, then maybe now is a time where you could you could add this one to the portfolio.
2: Okay, so I will call that a buy, so even though put you it personally me down as a buy. okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> We've got it in the portfolio then. Uh, We'll just have to pick up the pace slightly here, guys. But Transurban is the next on the list for Justin. So, you know, we've heard from the company lately very bullish that things are returning to normal after lockdowns. But then you start to see what's happening in Sydney today. I mean, there is nobody in this Sydney, I presume. There's not a lot of people using toll roads around town. So, again, does this sort of speak to the risks, the overhang over a company like Transurban? Well, we'll start with you, Jason.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, look. This is a this is a company I really struggled with when I when I was looking at it. On one on one hand, it's a, you know it's a big defensive business, well run company. Look between 2009 and 2020, they increase their dividend every year. So that's you know that's a sign of a you know a really robust business. Um, they've got a they've got a significant pipeline of opportunities to, to grow, and they've got lots of pricing power. So they're all they're all um, they're all you know, really good things to like about the company. Look the um, the key issue for me is around um, traffic volume and look, that still hasn't recovered to, to where it was. And for me, it's a little bit like commercial office space in that we no one's quite sure how it's going to come back from from COVID. And like, um, like had, has there been a, a fundamental change in the way people work? and if there has well does that mean that's going to have a knock-on effect to how people are getting to work and maybe they're using less toll road so it's a it's an unknown it's an unknown that, that you know we're, we're not going to know until you know we look back in hindsight and go oh well, look that was all just temporary now we're back or you know maybe we've, we've you know we've pivoted somewhat so look i'd be guided by the by the the price action in this one I think, I think there's some early signs that we're getting an uptrend starting to, to resume, which is you know, looking good. I think there's some overhead resistance to this one around $15, where the, the price got to last week. And you know, last week, we got to a seven-month high, and we're just starting to yeah. pull back from there now, that, that $15 level. So um, look, how would I do this? I'd, I'd, I'd probably rather watch how this one plays out at the moment than, than, than go in and buy. Okay. And if we do see momentum build over the next few months and we get through, you know, $15, $15.50, I might look at buying it then, but for now I'd probably prefer to just, just, you know, sit on the sidelines and just watch this one.
2: It's on the watch and wait list. How about for you, Carl? Because there are potential catalysts in the future as well, you know, could benefit if the Olympics come to Brisbane. Uh, you know, there's, there's still a lot of infrastructure spending going on around the place and the promise of more in the future.
1: Yeah. Look, absolutely. No, they've got lots of uh, pokers in the fire. Lots of uh, projects that are that are up. Up and coming as well, and uh, about about to start or, or in the next uh, you know F couple of FYs. Uh, look, I think uh, what Jason said about we, will there be structural change? I'll just make a quick point on that. Um, a lot of the data that's coming out is suggesting that because people are moving away from public transport, they're going to be using their cars more, uh, and that may have a positive, a net net positive impact going forward uh, once things are back up and running on on toll roads uh, like Transurban. So. Uh, I'm, I'm personally, me, I'm not too stressed out about that. Um, I think, you know, obviously it is a potential uh, recovery, reopening play. I don't think it's as good potentially as United Malt Group uh, for one key reason, and that's just the valuation. So uh, in terms of the right stock, look, potentially, I, th- I think there's there's an opportunity there. Uh, is it the right price? No, no. I think it's 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 really, I mean, it's on, on the point of being expensive uh, at current levels. I think it's going to be really fully valued if it gets to around about 16, which is kind of that all-time high. It yeah. is going to be plenty of resistance there. So if we're at 1460, 1470, and I see it topping out around about 16, I don't think the risk reward is there on this one. I think there's a, a big premium on this one simply because it's you a know, potential sort of takeover target because these assets are just so highly mm-hmm. sought over at this point in time. So I think yeah. that's why it's uh, it's trading around current levels. So it's With possible. With everybody
2: looking for a yield. Okay, let's get to number eight on the list. Centerpoint Alliance CAF for Aaron saying he saw another guest on the program recommending the company. He bought a very small parcel. So buy, hold, sell, Centerpoint Alliance, Carl
1: yeah i'll definitely hang on to that parcel um would i buy it yeah look i i think i'm a buyer here it's a, it's a very very small company so we're talking about 33 odd million dollar enterprise value but if you look at its enterprise value to the revenue that it's pulling in we're talking about 0.23 times so the market average is somewhere between sort of three and a half and six so it is a, a complete outlier in that regard which means that you're, you're paying very very little uh for the revenues in the business, uh, in terms of what you're paying on the share price, average uh, PE over the next couple of years, you're probably looking somewhere around about nine and or ten, uh, if they maintain the dividend yield that they've just they've just started sort yep. of paying dividends. We're looking at eight to nine percent fully franked. Um, I haven't talked about whether it's the right stock. I don't think it's the wrong stock. It's not a particularly sexy area of of the market. So they uh, help businesses out with their AFSL uh, requirements. Obviously, that's a potentially shrinking market or going through some structural change. So that would be the only question mark, and maybe that's why uh, it's not doing better in the market. It's a little bit – the chart is a bit sketchy because of its illiquidity. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's probably flying under the radar at the moment. Um, but just on the basis of the valuation alone, I'd be happy to, to buy it as a more speculative part of my portfolio. So it's not uh, whack a quarter of a self-managed super fund in it. It's you know, a sensible um, portfolio allocation with a longer term view. The chart yeah. isn't terrible. It's, uh, it's certainly bottom left, top right at this point in time. So I'm happy with that as well.
2: Jason, we'll have to be a bit quick on this one. If we're talking momentum only, leave the fundamental chat aside for now. Is it a buy, hold or a sell right now? This is Centrepoint Alliance.
0: Yeah, look, interesting, interesting business. Um, I think they do have. It's a scalable business model, got growth potential. The it's been tracking sideways over the last over the last few months. Um, the dividend, dividend's quite, you know, it's quite a strong dividend at the moment. But they've only just reinstated. They had a few years with, without a dividend. So whether they sustain that, if they sustain that same rate, it's worth almost buying for the dividend at this this point. But probably, I don't know. I don't know whether that, that's going to continue. It's. Um, I think there's potential growth in their the industry because getting for an advisor to get an AFSL for sale license at the moment is complex. There's a lot of lot of compliance that goes on. Outsourcing to a company yep. like yeah. So would um, it be?
2: Sorry, I hate to do it. Would it be a buy hold or sell? Only because we're not going to get to our next companies if we don't get get a buy hold sell.
0: Look, I'd um.
2: And I'm not no, taking the blame.
0: I, 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 I probably wouldn't get it. No, I'd I'd leave this one for just now.
2: Okay, that's a... It's small
0: and we don't have the actual momentum. There's signs it could be coming in, but not at the moment.
2: Okay, so the momentum is not there just yet. Let's get to uh, the next on the list, which is Monash IVF, MVF. This one is for Jeff. Look, apparently lots of people are getting IVF at this point in time. So the stats are behind the company, but is the momentum, Jason?
0: The momentum has has been there. Like it's an interesting chart to look at it. it had a really rough few years, you know, they lost a CEO, lost some key doctors, lost market share or everything was going wrong. But now they now they get this, this tide seems to have turned and there's been a been an uptick in demand. It's, you know, whether that that demand is going to be sustainable, is it's, you know, it, it's unclear, but they um, uh But look, They've they've got a new clinic opening in Sydney. They've got um, they've got a, an expansion plan happening in in Asia. The fundamentals look look quite good. First half um, EBITDA was up 24%, and look, part of that was due to the pent up demand due to the suspension of services. But look, it's encouraging. They've increased market share, which is a which is a good thing. Um, they had a 33% growth in in cycles in the December quarter versus a national average of 20. So look, I think this company's potentially turned the corner. I like the um, I like the momentum we're seeing in the charts, and directors have recently been buying. Uh, look, it's, um, but I buy it here, I'd, I'd like to, you know, as always, I'd like to buy that uptick in momentum. So probably for me at this point, I'd, maybe I'd like, look, I'd like to see it break above 90 cents. Get above 90 cents, it shows maybe the next leg higher in the momentum is happening, and uh, and we continue higher from there. At the moment, it has been pulling back. That pullback could last for a little bit longer. So if I've got it, I'm holding it. If I wanna buy it, I'm waiting for the break above 90.
2: Okay, how about you, Carl, when you look at the charts?
1: Yeah, look, I'm pretty similar to Jason. Uh, Right right stock, look, I'm interested. Uh, in terms of the valuation, I think it's very cheap. So uh, I haven't used that word today. I said, I've said i said right side of cheap. No, I think this one's yeah, yeah. very cheap. Okay. It's, it's got a good dividend yields. Um, yeah, I think you can buy it, buy it here. But if uh, that's a more aggressive buy. Like Jason, if you're a more conservative trader, wait for the momentum on a breakthrough 92.
2: Got it. All right. Next Science NXS for Nick. Carl, I had the pleasure of hosting an event here the other day small cap, big ideas. You can still watch it on demand for free if you're mm-hmm. interested in your own time. But I'd say one of the themes was, look, we don't look at biotechs. It's too difficult. So uh, putting that on the table, if you're looking for that opportunity and you're looking at the charts, does uh, Next Science hit the mark? It's uh, talking about addressing bacterial yeah. infections and 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 you know helping the rising antimicrobial resistance problems.
1: Yeah, look, a major problem. Huge addressable market. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you, Nadine. I Biotech, my, my eyes roll back and, you know. I, <laughs> but this one's an easy one to understand. So if you have to look at a biotech, hey, look at this one. It's an easy one to understand. They've got products that they are selling. They're not just testing them or doing trials. They're selling their products. Revenues are coming in. They're about to switch from sort of cash flow negative, cash flow positive. They're going to be making profits. Look, it's really, really exciting. Uh, uh, probably the most exciting thing we've, we've talked about out of the 10 stocks a day, <laughs> unfortunately, I just think I just think it's really expensive here wow. um, and because the market's paying so much for how exciting this stock is, that creates potential risk, downside risk. Uh, look, I, 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 I so desperately want to buy it uh, and maybe if I'm on later on, we can talk about it again uh, you know, down the track and, and I'm waiting for that right signal. So it's look, it's one I'm watching in, intently uh, because I'd love to have this in my portfolio, but I just want to get it at the right price. So right. it's a pass for now, but keep an eye on it.
2: All right. well we will revisit this one later uh, what do you think about the momentum currently is that right in your books that it's just still too it's too xy right now jason
0: yeah look this, this this is one of those stocks that could be a spectacular success or just fizzle out it's actually one i've got in my own portfolio i bought it as momentum was was rising a few months ago and it's had a sharp pullback over the over the last last few weeks so if i was looking at it now i wouldn't i wouldn't buy it today um i'm still holding because it, it hasn't got to my my exit level but it's um but look, it's a really interesting stock. They're, they're, they're working on this technology that reduces the impact of biofilm infections in humans. So it's when you do a surgery and you get an infection during mm-hmm. that surgery. That's what their technology is all about. They've treated something like 150,000 patients over the last three years. So they've already got a foothold in the market. And they say the addressable market is something like you know $15 billion. So it's a huge market if they can break into it, if they can commercialise, you know, continue to commercialise and roll out their... Their product, yeah. You know, that's why I say it could be a spectacular success, but it's and it comes with risk. They're, you know, they're they're still losing money. I think they lost twelve million dollars in the last, the last, um, last financial year. So look, that's, you know, there's risk there. Yeah. But it's, um, they've got a product which they which they are actually selling, not just something which you know could happen. So, yeah, if you don't own it, just watch it for now. You want to see that momentum come back in before before stepping in.
2: Yeah, right. Well, you know, you've got to stick with your own rules uh, and, and you know, play the game that you know well. All right, let's just quickly run through. We are adding Bank of Queensland to the portfolio. It's a buy from both of our guests. Not so for Transurban. It's expensive for Carl. It's a watch and wait one for Jason. Centerpoint Alliance is a buy from Carl. Not so from Jason. It's a hold. It's not going into the portfolio. And then we had Monash IVF. It is a buy for Carl. He says it's very cheap, not just on the right side of cheap it's actually very cheap Uh, but uh, Jason would like to see it more around that 90 cent level so wait for the next leg it's a hold for him hold is next science as well Jason has it in his own portfolio but he bought it cheaper it still does come with risk Carl would love to buy this one it's a biotech that has revenues it's selling it's easy to understand it's really exciting but for Carl it's just too expensive right now. That is the program for today. A huge thanks to our guests, both joining remote. I still think we had a good conversation. Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader and also Carl Caprolinga from Think Markets. Guys, thank you. Thank you for all your insights. We really appreciate it. This is definitely one to have a listen over to again. And you can do that in podcast form. If you have a company you'd like us to cover, just send us an email. It's at the bottom of your screen. Stay with us. We have plenty more market analysis and stock picks Coming up after this break.